0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. They are here as well. 888-900-3393 is the number if you'd like to be here with us. That's 888-900-3393 or... You can sit back and let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Go to Steve at SteveDace.com if you want to email the program, and a ton of you are right now, and we appreciate all the interaction we're getting. Well, maybe not all of it, but, well, like Italy said yesterday about who is really uh, being victimized by uh, coronavirus, about 99% of it. We appreciate about 99% of it. You can also like us on Facebook, but good luck that ever actually being made official by Facebook because they hate us. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace show. Now I would urge you, even if your like will not show up because it probably won't uh, still visit my Facebook page. Cause I'm posting a ton of my, uh, of content there, resource materials that I am using and finding and, and uh, uh, some of the thoughts that, I'm germinating before we go on the air every day. You can get your own versions of those that you can share on our Facebook page. As we continue with the asking of questions, where, where does the science and expertise end and where does the worldview and panic propaganda, propaganda end? And thankfully we have in the last 24 hours, especially now we are seeing a lot more people ask questions that we have been asking on this show, I uh, saw that uh, a host over on uh, Fox and Friends this morning tweeted out the question that we asked on this show two days ago. It's going to be flu or it's going to be allergy season everywhere in America. Here it, it, it is, and in, in the warmer climates, you guys have already gotten a start on, a start on that. Everywhere else in the country, it's going to be here in the next couple of weeks. Well, what are the what are the symptoms for that? Runny nose, fever. Uh, respiratory discomfort, a lot of the same symptoms that, um, are aligned with coronavirus. So how do we know we didn't stir all these people up into a panic to get them to flood our medical centers with what is just really the same mulberry bush that's been bothering them in the neighborhood or in their backyard for years. That's what we're hoping for. We're we're hoping to see that. And in fact, here at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to share with you a piece written by an epidemiologist at Stanford University that asks a lot of the same questions we asked on this show yesterday and the day before that, except this time somebody who's actually smart is asking them. So we will get into that here at the bottom of the hour. Also some theology Thursday next week uh, or next hour. We'll close it out next hour too with Three non-political questions because we we just need a little more levity around here. So we're going to make sure we close with that coming up uh, later in the program as well. And then if there are clips of this show that you'd like to sample and share, we're putting a ton of them up there right now. Go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. That's YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. But to get everything started today, here's Aaron's rundown of what's happened while we were away. What
2: Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by The Fallout. The Dow Jones Industrial Average had another awful day yesterday, losing over 1,300 points amid the continued economic downfall brought about by the Wuhan coronavirus. It now sits at just about 19,900 points. Oil has now plunged to an 18-year low, sitting at just $22.43 a barrel. According to a new NPR-PBS Marist poll, about 20% of households say they've lost work recently. That poll was conducted before many states shut down restaurants and bars. Echoing certain airlines, casinos, and movie theaters are now mulling a government bailout after their industries have been massively disrupted. The Senate yesterday passed a multi-billion dollar coronavirus release package, which includes a grant for paid sick leave to hourly employees. The U.S. Treasury is moving forward with a $250 billion plan to send every American a direct payment to help offset economic hardships. The Senate rejected Rand Paul's plans yesterday to offset the cost of that bill by reducing fraudulent child tax credit claims. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, get your money for nothing and your checks for free. At the White House, this happened.
0: At least one White House official who used the term kung flu, referring to the fact that this virus started in China, is that acceptable? Is it wrong? Are you worried that that having this virus be uh, be talked about as as a Chinese virus that that might I wonder fo- who said that, that. might You know who said that? that? I'm not sure the person's name, but would you condemn He's the fact? Say that the term kung again. Flu? A person at the White House used the term Kung Flu. flu. My question is, do you think that's wrong? Kung Flu. And do you think using the term Chinese virus, that puts Asian Americans at risk, that people might target that? No, not at all. I think they
1: probably... would agree with it 100%.
2: Meanwhile, on MSNBC.
1: It's easy to scapegoat people. And that is what has always happened when there have been pandemics or epidemics uh, that foreigners are are attacked, foreigners sometimes physically attacked. Uh, if you look at what happened uh, during the, the Middle Ages, there
2: was lots and lots of scapegoating uh, against an ethnic group or a religious group
1: uh, whenever there were pandemics that affected the society and frightened a lot of people. And uh, China certainly feels That is what what is happening now uh, with people calling it the the Wuhan flu or the Wuhan virus or the the China virus. This is a virus that
0: came from the territory of China, but came from bats. This is a bat virus, not a uh, a China virus. Uh, It doesn't speak Chinese. It doesn't target
1: Chinese people. uh, It targets human beings who happen to touch their eyes, nose
2: or or mouth. Somewhere sunny, the Utes aren't obeying their elders. If I get Corona, I get Corona. At the end of the day, I'm not gonna let it stop me from partying. You know, I've been waiting. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months, we've had this trip planned, two, three months. So we're just
0: out having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. Like it's really messing up with my spring break. What is there to do here other than go to the bars or the beach, and they're closing all of it? It's really messing. Up. I think they're blowing it way out of proportion. I think it's doing way too much. Doing us bad. We
2: need a refund. This virus ain't that serious. It's serious. It's more serious things out there like hunger and poverty and we need to address yes, that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we planned this a long time ago and it was kind of up in the air if we still go, but like we're here, I just turned 21 this year, so I'm here to party, so it's
1: kind of disappointing, but we're just making the most of it. We met these other people in our little Airbnb spot, so we're just hanging out with them and trying to get drunk before everything closes.
2: In the midst of the panic, Baltimore's mayor urged his citizens to stop shooting each other in order to free up hospital beds for those dealing with the virus. About 9,400 cases, Cases of the Wuhan coronavirus have been confirmed in the U.S. 150 deaths have been attributed to the disease. And finally, the cringiest cringe that's ever cringed in the history of cringe.
0: Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above a sunlit sky.
2: What we're listening to are a plethora of celebrities singing John Lennon's Imagine to show their solidarity with those who have been quarantined.
0: No need for greed and hunger, brotherhood of man.
2: And that's what happened while we were away.
0: I have thoughts. <laughs>
1: Aaron's montage brought to you by. I can't, I can't. That might, well, I, I already. I've already watched it, and just watching it again. I. That might have broken me. I. I. I'm, I might. I. Can I say wh- something? Where, where am
0: I at? Where, what are we doing today?
1: You've got a minute. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: I. I'd like it. The. This is. Those people would all very... Passionately want to condemn the teenagers right. uh, on Miami Beach. How dare you, you selfish people. To that, I feel we need to run the Ricky Gervais thing. Don't blame me. You did it. You people. These are your customers. Yes. You've yeah. created that generation right. with everything you believe. Yep. Everything.
1: They're your disciples. It's
0: on you. Right.
1: I mean, you should be looking at them and saying, get thee behind me, Satan, right? Yeah. They're your disciples. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, and and for for Twitter. Twitter Jack, who it doesn't, he goes, if it's like shamans and, you know, Maharishi's and Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. For Twitter Jack and Hollywood to come together to try to inspire us with an atheist lullaby. If that is not the most on brand thing in the history of social media, I don't know what is. I mean, you cannot get more on brand than that. Not to mention the lack of self-awareness. I mean, imagine you have self-awareness. It's easy if you try, right? A bunch of you sitting out there, well, then again, we're talking about celebrities. So you may say that I'm a dreamer. I'm hoping I'm not the only one, but you've got a bunch of celebrities out there with material wealth, far more, and handlers and staff, and, and by the way, props to their business managers who held the phone up for them so they could do that, right? That was cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, with all their handlers and staff and all their materialism, singing a song about having no possessions. I, I mean, I just...
0: Well, that That's yeah. the thing with them. They at, Sitting there at home, they are feeling... Too much like the rest of us i truly believe that this is humbling in a way that they are very very uncomfortable so they need to re-establish how there's the special people and that's how they that's how they're doing this they couldn't just shut up and be like the rest of us they'll lecture the rest of us about right. how we're supposed to shut right. up and go away like right. the people in miami but no this is this is god is like just actually just like all in here you go people you get to see it all now
1: Along those lines in a moment, I have a scorching hot take about the Florida teenagers, all right? And I'm going to throw it out there in a minute, all right? But uh, Freedom Project Academy brought to you Uh, aaron's rundown today our good friend that's uh, dr duke pesta Uh, he is a tenured professor of english at the university of wisconsin he's the director of freedom project academy which is leading the fight against the left's takeover of public education and when we think of the decline in public schools you think of just places like california and new york not a catholic elementary school who will share lgbt books or a kentucky bill that requires sex ed in kindergarten or an LGBT school proposed in uh, the heart of the Bible Belt down in Alabama. If you're sick of leftists trying to indoctrinate your kids, please consider... Freedom Project Academy. A lot of you are probably wondering about some uh, ancillary uh, supplemental education options right now. Well, Freedom Project Academy is an accredited classical online online school built on Judeo-Christian values for students K-12. through This is a complete interactive educational experience where students attend live classes with other students across the country from the comfort and safety of your own home. Our son Noah did this for several years. He's not doing it now because he wants to get involved in extracurricular activities. Uh, So we We sent him to Des Moines Christian uh, this year, but uh, he enjoyed it for the last few years. If you want to learn more about it, because uh, they teach students how to think, not what to think, go to freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com and request your information packet today at freedomforschool, freedomforschool freedomforschool.com. So a lot has been made over the, I mean, the amount of outrage the amount of pearl clutching I saw over the uh, spring breakers down in Florida yesterday on social media was plentiful, plentiful. But you I don't know that you intended this, Aaron. Maybe you did. But the juxtaposition, and given you're a millennial, mm. I suspect you might have done this on purpose. The juxtaposition of the millennials down there, like, dude, we're getting our drink on, man. This thing's overblown, and we got other. You know, there's, you know, isn't poverty a bigger problem than 150 deaths? That were 88 of them are in two states, California and Washington State, right? That's basically what he's saying, right? He doesn't, he doesn't know the numbers, but these the kids don't know the numbers, or the young adults don't. But that's that's essentially what they're saying, right? Yeah. And the amount of outrage that was directed at them. But did you notice the story right after that? Your OK Boomer uh, mayor of Baltimore. You did this on purpose, didn't you? Yeah. Right? Did not you? Okay. I, I see what you did there. Yeah. I caught you. I pick, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Mm-hmm. The OK Boomer of Baltimore has to tell his people, stop shooting each other so that we don't run out of hospital beds. Where is... Where's all the pearl clutching and outrage about that? Indeed. What, what, who do you think we ought to have a higher level of standard for? America's spring breakers or the adults of one of America's largest cities. Where should, what is more offensive to you? We all love our binary choices these days, so let me provide you one. What should be in a healthy culture? What 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 should be more offensive? That the mayor of one of America's largest cities has to beg his constituents to stop murdering each other in the streets so they can take care of sick people who, by and large, have actually not even shown up yet, but... That's another story, <laughs> all right? So they could potentially take care of sick people who haven't shown up yet, but they may, we don't know. Or people that are at a largely irresponsible stage in life want to continue to act irresponsibly. What, what do you think should be more offensive, Todd? The former. The former. Yet, the, we, you know, we we didn't have much outrage for that story yesterday. We didn't. Why, and it goes to what you just said about these young adults and and they're essentially Hollywood's disciples. you know who else has discipled them? We did we, we those are our kids those are our kids and grandkids and that's this is learned behavior right I mean this they, have, they were taught there really is no ultimate responsibility. There really is no real purpose to their lives. We, we let them get indoctrinated with that viewpoint.
0: Love is love. Don't judge, man. Yep, don't Lo- judge.
1: Love wins. Love is love. YOLO. Right? Yeah. You only live once. I mean, we're all panicked right now. We're, we've reduced humanity to nothing more than a survival rate in our media in the last week. That's all we are. We're, we're not here to do anything more meaningful. We're just, a, we're just a survival rate. So if you're, if you're the 29-year-old cop that throws himself in front of an innocent woman who is, is getting beaten to death by gangbangers and you get beaten to death instead, you're just an idiot. You're a moron. Why'd you sacrifice yourself for? You had your whole life to live, right? We're just, we're just a survival rate. That's all that we are. There's nothing else happening here other than exist for as long as you possibly can. Nothing else. Italy is the worst place on earth for this virus right now. Its Institute of Health said yesterday 99% of its deaths have come from elderly and those with pre-existing conditions. Well, then tell me, based off of the worldview that we subsidized and let them be indoctrinated with their entire lives and go into student loan debt for at this moment, tell me who is more... Who is more consistent here? Who's more who? Who has who morally has taken the, the their 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 position to its most logical conclusion? The spring break millennials or the OK boomer in Baltimore begging for his own damn adults to have a ceasefire in the streets of a city of America? Which one do you think it is? Because I know which one. I maybe you can tell from the tone of my voice. I kind of that my poker face was bad on this one. All right. I'm. I, I, you know what? We'll call it a. We'll, we'll call it a lean. I'm leaning one way here on this one. What are your thoughts,
0: Todd? Oh, by that standard, the, the and it's the correct standard. Those teenagers are Gandhi.
1: Yes, absolutely. They're sages of the age. Yes, they're only carrying out what we allowed them to be taught and to be witnessed. Right? Yeah. That this is the most logical. They're there. This is this is actually. It's their body, their choice. That's Dave. that's exactly right. By what standard would we tell them they're they're wrong? By what standard? Certainly not the there, one that we've well, we educated them with the last 21 years. There's, there's,
0: that hu- humanity has inherent dignity and value and we must protect it? Really? People, se- pro- secular progressives, are going to start laying down that card? Exactly. Exactly. And it goes
1: to what you said yesterday, Aaron, mm-hmm. that when we talked about... And I think you can see now in the last 24 hours, man, we we mentioned this again. And now you've got Elon Musk coming out and calling BS on this earlier today. Um, There's going to be a lot more of this. And some of it will be legitimate research, like what we've tried to do. Some of it will be. But a lot of it actually is what you mentioned, Aaron. It's going to be the spirit of the age is going to turn on itself. It's going to feast on itself. It's going to say, Wait a minute, man! I'm a, I'm an LSU football fan, and I just turned on my TV, and Ed Orgeron's on there telling me that if that if we don't do this now, we might not have football this year. Hell no! Hell no! That's that's what you were talking about yesterday. That ultimately yep. the decadence will turn on itself. People yep. will say, I, I, I mean, I, what is what are we doing here? What what is the point of this then? And and I and I think we are going to. Uh, and I've been on his show before. He used to be here on The Blaze. Buck Sexton's a good guy. He tweeted out a timetable yesterday that, uh, and I think he's a former like intelligence officer or something if I remember right. He tweeted out yesterday like a timetable of how long he thought people, and I said, oh, Buck, no. No, they won't. Buck, this thing's going to be Led Zeppelin's when the levy break here much sooner than that. And I think to their credit, the White House realizes this, which is why on Monday, even though the the comment Trump made about July and August got all the headlines, did you see the actual name of the report that they put out there with the head, with the head, what the header was on the report for the, to justify these just 15 days is what it says right in the header. They know this, they know they, they are, they are aware that, um, if if we're not burning bodies like northern italy uh, uh, northern italy america is n- and let's pray we're not america's not putting up with the imperial college climate alarmist uh, uh scale your life back plan and then every 2 to 3 months we get to uh, you know come together and enjoy some semblance of americana before we're sequestered with a bunch of teenagers who hate us at this stage of their life and and frankly most of us don't care that much for them that that's never happening it's never happening it's never Ever happening. Ever.
0: But will we'll happen, and it'll be fascinating. Th- those who are like, hey, let's get this engine revved up again. Yep. But those who will still self-quarantine because of how paralyzed by fear and they're reading those columns you're talking about and those alone. Right. That you want to talk how tribalism will continue like I, like, to like dig in.
1: It, like I don't trust China's numbers at all. No. And I don't think you should. I mean, they're reporting today, they're having a new case. I don't trust that at all. But you know what you know who I do trust? apple i trust them they're opening all their stores up in china that was announced yesterday south korea is going back to pro sports at the end of the month now it's going to be like i said yesterday it's going to be piecemeal originally they're going to bring the athletes together everybody's gonna be tested make sure they're negative and there won't be uh fans in the stands they're going to do it little by little but they're going to begin returning to normalcy in south korea when americans start seeing that when they start seeing Chinese folks walking out of Apple with the latest iPad, and they're wearing probably wearing a surgical mask, but when they watch them walk, walking out of, you know, the, the, the the Shanghai or Hong Kong Apple store with the iPad, newest iPad air. And, you know, they're down in the basement watching frozen Two for the 75th damn time. You know what Americans are going to say? Hell to the no. And I think this white house understands that, which is why the name of the plan was the 15 day plan. And I, I that, cause that's about the, that is, That is mad. That is, and I think that is pushing the American attention span based on what I've seen the last few years. I mean, doesn't the Mueller probe feel like it was tw- it was, it was in, a, mm-hmm. like in the Encyclopedia Britannica, Todd, and we read about it in seventh grade? Yeah. Okay. And, or Aaron got it on some internet explorer, or we read it on Wikipedia when he was a kid. Yeah. Okay. That was four or five months ago, right? When, when Mueller testified or whatever it was. Th- this, no, there's no way people are going to do this unless there's real tragedy. Now, if there's real tragedy, then all bets are off. And I think you'll see people rise to the occasion given our history but there but anything short of that anything anything short of that nope i don't think they're gonna do it am i wrong what do you think
0: well no they're not doing it now in many respects again because and you're gonna lay that out more specifically here Mm -hmm. coming up but it doesn't it doesn't make sense and you yeah like i said if you don't see florida a heaping rubble of disease in two weeks or if, if if you see idris elba and uh Tom Hanks just like kick the tires and light the fires. I'm good in two weeks because people are seeing right. with social media. Well, it was and, yesterday. They, they, Tom, and they, Rita, they, Tom and Hanks and Rita Wilson yeah. were out of the hospital yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. They're not. But I, you guys are going to go do what you got to do, and and they're going to do it. You know mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to sit tight and play Monopoly. No.
1: Here's the other thing you got to watch for too. Okay. And this is, don't just ask questions of the medical community or the media, ask questions of people in the in the finance community too. So uh, yesterday, a little birdie of mine sent me a, a, a video clip about a guy named Bill Ackman is his name. And he apparently has the ear of Steve Mnuchin. And hey, what do you know about this guy? Can you check him out? Et cetera. So we did a little research on him. Because the the thing is, I, we, the thing you always want to find out first is is because what he's basically he's got he's he's got the ear the the ear I'm told of Steve Mnuchin who right now has the ear of Donald Trump, and and he was on CNBC yesterday, uh, full Denethor, run for your lives! We can't defeat the orcs. Shut it all down. I mean, he did everything but just pour himself with oil you know anoint himself with oil and just jump on on, on top of the funeral pyre that, that was literally this clip i was sent every hotel every street and everything shut it all down run for your lives that was the clip so we did a little research on him right you took a look at him for me and because yep. the first thing i wanted to do is look at the worldview is this guy driven by a worldview panic is, is he is he a Tom Steyer? We introduced our audience to Jeremy Grantham yesterday, right? Is he a, is he a climate alarmist? So this is this isn't conspiracy. it's confirmation bias. It's why the Millerites went out and sold all their goods because they thought for sure the rapture was going to take place today. it's It's why people keep buying Hal Lindsey books, you know because where he keeps changing the date that Jesus will return. It, it fuels our own confirmation bias of what our projection of what we want to be true. All right, And so that's what I mean. I'm not talking about some... Glo- if this was a global conspiracy, we wouldn't be allowed to be on the air saying the stuff we're saying right now. They'd have taken us off. You'd be watching a test pattern right about now. All right, That's how conspiracies work. No, this is, this is just when the spirit of the age comes together in one room and they start emoting off of each other and feeding off of each other. You get a circular self-pleasuring uh, squad. That's what you get. It's it called confirmation bias. And so what I wanted to know is... You know, is this guy got a mass worldview where he, he's he's invested in this? And you found he's your typical liberal, secular guy that just donates to, you know, your Planned Parenthoods and stuff, but he's not like an apostle of the new age. It's just, there, He's your typical Democrat, billionaire, investment banker, uh, you know, donor guy, right? There's, he's a dime a dozen, right? Yeah. So let me tell you what his other motivation is. Crash all the markets right now so I buy everything on the dot sh- pennies on the dollar and, and I, and, and, you know, I'm Warren Buffett with a, with a, with a Superman cape in about six months yep. when everything is back to normal and the economy's humming again and everything else. You be careful with that. You're going to start seeing these people on the business channels and everything else. Mark my words. They're going to, they they are going to be, my guess is he wants the hotels closed because there's a particular hotel chain. He wouldn't mind buying himself and acquiring. What was the story yesterday? Disney stock has plummeted so much. See, did you see these two stories juxtaposed yesterday too? The story of Apple opening up all of its stores in China and then the story next to it. Well, Disney stock has plummeted so much. Apple could buy Disney. Yeah. All right, these people are all—they're all in—they're all, in, all part of the same fraternity of worldview. All of them—they're feeding each other content all of the time. So don't be surprised when you start seeing corporate magnets like this Bill Ackman guy. Just go out there, run for de- full Denethor, run for your lives, surrender, Riff. We're done, or we're overrun by the orcs. We can't win. And while he's sitting back there, just waiting for stuff to tank. So he can buy it pennies on the dollar, and then you'll be bowing the knee to the Bill Ackmans of the world here. In, in, in six months from now, when we look at each other and say, "Remember that coronavirus thing?" Doesn't that seem like that was ten years ago? Yeah. I, watch for that to happen in this in, in the in, during this time as well.
0: Thankfully, right now there's enough of the what I the Scott Walker syndrome going on. We we saw him as a presidential candidate. Was like, where are your stones that you showed versus the public sector unions? But you laughed at the time because I said. we just got the right nerd for that issue he's just he'd like to clean fiscal spreadsheet he just could not even really (laughs) and so he had to do that baby in a corner he had to come out But right now we have an increasing number of people they're not really moral crusaders but this the dots don't add up fiscally with everything uh, the way we're overreacting and they just can't stand it and maybe this guy you're about to talk about next half hour is one of those guys even though he's a scientist but just like listen i I can't go that level of crazy my uh, my wiring will not allow me to do that i think we're going to see more and more of those people um because again if it, it, they're not moral crusaders they're, they're they're not winston churchills they're just they just like i i've got to be a grown-up i can't sleep at night if i cannot be a grown-up with this one thing
1: yes because panics always bring out craven opportunists as well all right i just deleted three emails sent to me get your surgical mask and coronavirus supplement cure okay i you think i signed up on any of these lists hell to the no all right so be aware of that level of of skullduggery here in these days that we currently are immersed in and we've been teasing it we're gonna get to it when we come back here a Stanford epidemiologist sounding a lot like this show was a couple of days ago when everybody thought I was nuts well I may not be smart but I at least I ain't nuts we'll get to this story here in a moment All right, let's get right into this because I I think this is the most important thing I have read or seen since this pandemic came to our shores. And it was published uh, yesterday and it's going to sound an awful lot like what we've been saying on this show for the past couple of days, or really pretty much all this week. Uh, It's written by an epidemiologist uh, over at Stanford. So uh, number one, this is his area of expertise. It's what he does full-time all day long. Number two, This is one of the elite institutions, not just in America, but in the world. Here's the headline of his column. I've tweeted this column out. You can find it at Steve Dace Show if you go through my thread. It's been posted on my Facebook page. You Go to look for Steve Dace on Facebook. You should get this, read this, share it with everybody you know. Here's the headline. A fiasco in the making. As the coronavirus pandemic takes hold, we are making decisions without reliable data. Let me repeat that last line. We are making decisions without reliable data. The current coronavirus disease, COVID-19, has been called a once-in-a-century pandemic, but it also may be a once-in-a-century evidence fiasco, writes the epidemiologist from Stanford. John P. Ioannidis is his name. John P. Ioannidis is his name. At a time when everyone needs better information from disease modelers and governments to people quarantine or just social distancing, we lack reliable evidence on how many people have been infected with SARS-CoV-2 or who continue to even become infected. Better information is needed to guide decisions and actions of monumental significance and to monitor their impact. Draconian countermeasures have been adopted in many countries. If the pandemic dissipates either on its own or because of these measures, short-term extreme social distancing and lockdowns may be bearable. How long, though, should measures like these be continued if the pandemic churns across the globe unabated? How can policy how can policymakers tell if they are doing more good than harm? Vaccines or affordable treatments take many months or even years to develop and test properly. Given such timelines, the consequences of long term lockdowns are entirely unknown. The data collected so far and how many people are infected and how the epidemic is evolving is utterly unreliable given the limited testing to date some deaths and probably the vast majority of infections during uh, due to covid19 are being missed we don't know if we are failing to capture infections by a factor of three or 300 bit of a difference between that don't you think just a, a, bit a outside, massive difference yes. see this is why let me pause here I think he hates old people, Steve. Well, that's already been established. Thank you, Todd. Um, uh, I I don't know if he wants me to out him online, but Gaston, one of the mucky mucks here at the place, (laughs) texted me last night, you should add hater of old people to your Twitter bio. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) But um, here's why, what he's saying is why I am measuring the stats by the total population. Because we don't know how many people have it. I would be willing to bet right now as somebody who puts his own money into sports handicapping endeavors, if you said, Steve, I'm going to put the over under on a quarter, of a, million, a quarter of a million Americans, if we tested 336,000 people, a quarter of a million Americans would have COVID-19, test positive for coronavirus. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the remainder of what I'm going to make the rest of this year and put it all on the over. Every, all of it, my, 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 daughter's future wedding funds, the equity in my home. I'm going to take every ass. my life insurance. I'm going to, I'm going to cash that out. If you told me it was a half million, I'd still bet it all on the over. I would. And that's why we don't, that's why looking at the mortality rates, the critical care rates. And when I, when I post my data, I'm, I'm actually being favorable to the virus. I am putting everybody that is listed as critical or serious as ICU in my data. They're not, but I'm just doing that to estimate high because human life matters, so I'm going to do that. Okay? That but that's why I'm doing it by the comparison of the total population because of what he just said, with limited testing, we don't know how many people have this. And it's going to be a lot more than you think. Or we even know right now. We've probably been carrying it for months, would be my guess. Months. The Chinese probably didn't let you know about this till they had a, a handle on it, which means as Daniel Horowitz said yesterday, back in January, we brought back after Christmas break. What'd we bring back? All of the Chinese nationalists that go to go to our universities all flew back home or flew back here from home and probably brought from home the virus, because they've probably been fighting it in China for six months, would be my guess at least three to six months, at least three. Scores of Americans are walking around with this. And as we sit here this morning right now, 155 people are dead. Now that number's probably higher too, because we probably had people die of serious RSVs in January and February, but that we didn't know what a coronavirus was. Yes. So, we, But we just figured, well, it's just another... Just another sad story of America's flu season is probably what we thought at the time. Or they're ninety years old, or you're like your dad who died of pneumonia at seventy five or I, seventy three. I right? Said it
0: off there. My dad technically died of pneumonia, but that's what this causes. It, my dad could have had coronavirus. I so have the, no idea. The,
1: the death rate's probably higher. We just didn't know what it was in January and February. That's why the numbers should only be looked at because the the kill rate of a disease when it comes to public policy. Because that's what we're talking about now. This is not a medical show; it's a public policy show. When we're talking about public policy, the kill rate of a disease only comes into play when it's when it's when it's communicable. It's why we don't sit here and do shows on well, how should we live in light of how high of a rate pancreatic cancer kills people? Because I don't transmit that to you. If you if you touch my if if they diagnose me with pancreatic cancer, I'm not disinfecting my doorknobs because when the company comes over, because I might hand it off to you. This though is purely communicable, so it is so it isn't relevant. About how many people get it to how many, from a, from a, it is from a health standpoint. It is from the standpoint of those families that who's are losing loved ones, but we're not, we're, we're a public policy show here from a public policy standpoint. The only conversation that really matters is what is the infected death rate as it relates to the total population, because we're transferring this to each other. And that's what he's pointing out. We don't know. We don't know. And we're making all these draconian measures and we don't know. Italy is reporting a grand total of 2,300 people have gone into serious or critical care. Now, I don't, I don't live in Italy. I, don't, I can't imagine how a 21st century Western nation is brought to its knees because it has 2,100 additional people in its hospital beds. I can't even imagine that. But then again, Italy has had 75 governments in the last thousand years too. So uh, I don't know, but I don't live there. But that's the total number they're reporting. 2,300 people have gone into serious or critical care as we speak right now. I can't imagine that crippling a modern Western nation, but apparently it has. Their infrastructure must suck. Three months after the outbreak emerged... Back to the piece here from Stanford. Most countries, including the U.S., lack the ability to test a large number of people, and no countries have reliable data on the prevalence of the virus in a representative random sample of the general population. He's just further reinforcing what I've been telling you and why I've been using the numbers for the GenPop the way that I have. This evidence fiasco creates tremendous uncertainty about the risk of dying from COVID-19 reported case fatality rates like the official 3.4% rate from the world health organization cause horror, but they're meaningless patients who have been tested for COVID-19 are disproportionately those with severe symptoms and bad outcomes. As most, most health systems have limited testing capacity selection bias may even worsen in the near future. Meaning we're only testing the people whose symptoms are prevalent. Which artificially inflates the yes. death rate
2: of those who yes. have
1: it. Yes. If I have a control group, if I'm testing again for pancreatic cancer and everybody in my control group has it, And I'm trying to find out how many people in America have pancreatic cancer. And everybody in my control group that I test, test positive. I'm going to have a pretty skewed view of how bad the problem of pancreatic cancer is in the United States, right? Or in any nation for that matter. That is essentially what we are doing here. We're doing symptomatic testing because the test kits are so few and far between. So we don't have a clue of really how many people have it. And then how many people have it and can live with it. Their bodies can fight it off, process it, etc. We don't have a clue. We don't. Projecting the Diamond Princess, that's, the, uh, that's the, 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 the cruise ship that everybody talked about, okay? He says, the case fatality rate there was 1%, but this was a largely elderly population in which the death rate from COVID-19 is much higher. Projecting that mortality rate onto the age structure of the U.S. population, the death rate among people infected with COVID-19 would be 0.125%. But since this estimate is based on extremely thin data, they were just, there were just seven deaths among the 700 infected passengers on that ship. The real death rate could stretch from five times lower, 0.025%, to five times higher, 0.625%. It is also possible that some of the passengers who were infected may end up dying later, meaning that it weakened their immunity systems and then they got something later and then died. So did they die of the flu later? Did they die of a bad cold, a respiratory ailment later? Or was this because of... We, we don't know. We don't know. So even using the Diamond Princess mortality rate, and here's why he used this, because this is the extreme case that's been in the news. He's estimating high as well. Even if you extrapolate the Diamond Princess as the control group for the United States of America, and you even say with a d- disproportionate elderly population, Than America is. Even if we go with this and you extrapolate that to 336 million people, the maximum death rate you'd come up with is 0.625%. You know, it's amazing when you just do the math and you're not projecting your climate alarmist worldview upon the math like Imperial College got caught doing by us yesterday on this show. This guy's just running the numbers. Ask yourself, do you shut down a people responsible for feeding, clothing, securing, and defending much of the civilized world for a death rate of 0.625 percent? Do you? That's the question to ask. Because just like I said about Italy, brought to its knees because it, it needs 2,300 more ICU beds. We can defend the borders of Afghanistan for 17 damn years. But we can't keep a country going with a death rate of zero point six two five percent. We can't do that.
0: Currently, the answer is clearly no.
1: We must. We didn't make America great again. Breaking news: We have a breaking news sounder. We didn't make a, we, we 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 didn't make America great again. After all, guys, we didn't do it. Damn, rats, curses, foiled again. It is also possible that some of the passengers who were infected might die later and that tourists who may have different frequencies of chronic diseases, meaning are you obese, do you smoke, do you do things behaviorally that make your health worse, or will you have the virus and then go do those things later in life, which then suddenly trigger your susceptibility to it, which makes them a risk factor of far worse outcomes for the than the general population will see adding these extra sources of uncertainty reasonable estimates for the case fatality ratio in the general u.s. population vary anywhere from 0.05 to 1 percent that is a that is a chasm folks a chasm that is a chasm
2: it's it, to put it another from 0.05 to 1%. Is that what you said? Yes. That's either it's twice. Uh, it's uh, I'm sorry. That's e- either means it's half as deadly as the seasonal flu or 10 times as deadly as it.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, that is an, that's a <sighs> given the societal cost here. That's a gamble, man. That, 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 that is, that's launching a war with like, without any real intel. You're just kind of guessing. Yeah, well, I think this is where the enemy is because I read it on Twitter. Throwing darts in right? the dark. Well, Steve, they got the World Health, what well, the World Health, you mean the same World Health Organization who said back in yep. January that you cannot transmit this person to person and called it the Wuhan virus, by the way. Would, would it be that World Health Organization? Would it be that one? Well, I mean, they have this Imperial College uh, uh, simulation. You mean from the same people who think you're all dead? We're in a 200 year energy bubble. Those are their words. 200 year en- from their benefactor. 200 year energy bubble because of the fossil fuels that essentially gave us the industrial revolution, gave us the manufacturing base to uh, a- an ability to to win two world wars, save Western civilization in the last century. You mean the people that ran the simulation who are opposed to that and think Al Gore is, is, is Jesus. You mean that? Those people? I'm going to need more. I'm going to need more. And here's a guy from Stanford University he goes on and on and on. Here's his final conclusion. I would urge you to go to my Facebook page, go to my Twitter account, get this column. I'll tweet it out again. So it's at the top of my page right now. Get this, read it, share it with everybody you know. Could have done a whole show on this. Here's his final conclusion. If we decide to jump off the cliff, maybe we need some data or data to inform us about the rationale of such an action and the chances of actually landing somewhere safe. We just essentially launched a Middle East war on a virus. Something must be done, but we don't know when we win. Is that right? Is that what we essentially did? Mm-hmm. Trump basically went Gulf of Tonkin resolution yesterday. Pray he doesn't turn this into his personal Vietnam. Where are we doing? Where are we going? And and the Imperial College plan was essentially our Vietnam battle plan. Take a rice paddy, then give it back. Take it back again. Give it back. That was the Imperial College plan. Shut down as long as it takes to get a vaccine and then forcibly vaccinate everybody. Come together for uh, come two to three months. Then don't. You know why they have to? Why they want us to do that? Because we got rid of what's called herd immunity, which has been used to fight plagues for thousands of years. This guy goes into this in this piece as well. That's what they're since now they since they sequestered all the healthy people. Well, what yep. happens when we get back together? Do we just start spreading it all over again instead of sequestering the sick people or the people most susceptible? Which is what societies have been doing without modern innovation to fight leprosy and plagues for thousands of years. We sequestered the healthy people. So what happens when we bring them all back together again? We just start breathing the Corona air all over again, right? So we just do this indefinitely for the same amount of time. It takes us to usher in the proto version of the green new deal. I'm sure it's all a coincidence. I'm sure. No, it's worldview confirmation bias and props to John Ioannidis, professor of medicine and epidemiology and population health at Stanford university. For calling BS on this with actual data and science. Make sure you get this piece and share it. Back with Hour Two, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Todd Erzin, and Aaron McIntyre. They're here with me as well. If you do listen to us today via the podcast, by the way, please uh, leave us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from uh, because the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow, and then the more likely we get to continue to do this here show and ask the kinds of questions that need to be asked. Thank you to the thousands of you that have already left us a five-star review. For the rest of you, what are you waiting for? I mean, it's not like you got anything else going on right now. You got plenty of time right? Everybody's kind of without excuse. Now, I guess now we find out how many people really like the show, right? You're kind of, re- you're kind of out of excuses. Nobody's too busy to leave us a five star review. So if you haven't left this one yet, then I guess we kind of know where we stand with you, right? Okay. And as in any relationship, if you have to ask, you probably don't want to know, right? So please, I'm asking, which means I may not want to know. Uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to take, uh, a, I hope Aaron, Aaron, uh, so help me. If you give me first question, what's your Mount Rushmore of coronavirus takes? I I'm pulling over the car and spanking you. All right. I the, the, the next segment hmm. three question, three non political questions needs to be a, a, a green zone a corona, a, a yeah. coronavirus free zone please.
2: Yeah, I think I think well the, yeah it's 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 like ninety nine point five percent coronavirus free, but in a creative way.
1: Damn millennials. Let's get to theology Thursday, which I am I don't know. I'm hoping it might be a coronavirus free zone. We will soon find out. It's brought to you though by our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition with all the talk about coronavirus. Uh people have stopped talking about the flu, which has killed sixteen thousand and hospitalized over a quarter of a million in the United States. And the season isn't even over yet. Uh, one of, In fact, it's going to be what, what, 62 today and like 34 tomorrow here in Iowa or something. Correct. Yep. Yeah, that's... With flood warnings. Yeah, nice. One of the best ways to avoid getting sick is with a healthier immune system, which is why you should fortify your body with Brick House Nutrition, particularly the product known as Field of Greens. It's the only way we can get Noah to, to eat or in this case, drink his vegetables. One scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, which will boost energy and support a healthy immune system. And doctors agree a diet of fruit and vegetables can reduce the risk of everything from heart disease, uh, uh, you name it, to pretty much anything. The the healthier what you put in your body uh, is, the healthier your body tends to be. All right. So Field of Greens also puts in those prebiotics, probiotics, the vitamins, fiber, all those other nutrients that are stripped out of our food. Foods these days for mass consumption, Field of Greens will put it back in there as well. And right now you can save 15% off of your, off of your first order with the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com. Use the offer code Steve and you'll get 15% off of your first order. If you decide to sign up, subscribe to BrickHouse Nutrition. You'll even save an extra 10% every month if you go that route as well. All right, so BrickHouseSteve.com. BrickHouseSteve.com. Let's get to Theology Thursday, and we're going to continue with the series that we started uh, a couple of months ago. And just to set this up again, uh, Amy and I are taking a, a, a well, we're not now because it's on hold, but we, we have been taking a, an entry seminary level, like a first year seminary level, big picture uh, view course of the New Testament. And part of that class is each week I have to pick a question and write an essay uh, answer to it. Um, and we've been sharing each week for Theology Thursday these last couple of months. I think we're in week 10 now, we, and this is a 16-week course. So we've been sharing each week the answer, that the essay answer and question that I choose to do and, and doing a Theology Thursday on it. And uh, this week, the answer comes from the book of Ephesians in the New Testament, where Paul is writing to the church there in a place called Ephesus and and we've talked before um when we talked about Corinthians and we spent the whole you were gone that we, that day um uh, caring for your for your for your for your pops but we talked we spent the whole time setting up Corinth as the talking point itself to show that the issues that Paul was addressing there are not really any different I mean the only difference between them and us is the is is the innovative way we can sin compared to what they were doing back in, in Corinth. But I, I think to point out why Paul probably chose to lay out what he's going to say here in Ephesians 6 to this audience is when Paul arrived in Ephesus, you've heard me talk about this before. I think we even addressed it when we talked about Acts. Um, when when Paul arrived in Ephesus, he had a unique challenge to minister to this culture because the paganism of Ephesus was fused with the socioeconomic order. I mean, other than, other than, you know, the agrarian and basic needs of the culture, the number one industry sector in Ephesus was centered around the worship of Artemis or Diana, a pagan, uh, you know, whether uh, you're Greek or, Greek or Roman, it, it, it was, it, it's a pagan entity. And so the markets revolved around this. A lot of people's livelihoods revolved around this. So if you convert people to a different religion, if they if they leave that paganism behind and and, and go up and go with Team Jesus instead, there's not just a threat on a spiritual or into or, or philosophical level. But People are going to see uh, this could take food off their tables, and a lot of people. And so Paul is not just a threat to the spirit of the age; he's a threat to the most basic, primal instinct people have—their own livelihoods. And I, and I'm just guessing here, but I'm I'm thinking that this is why he chooses. this epistle to this audience to be what he's about to lay out because they are facing a full, if you're a Christian in Ephesus in the first century, you are facing a full on board assault on your belief system as a religious minority, because you're, you're not just a threat to to Nero and Nero's acolytes amongst the elite in Rome, but everyday people that, that might be otherwise sympathetic to you, Cause you know, they don't particularly like tyrannical rulers themselves, but everyday people who, you know, maybe in other parts of the Roman empire, when there's a crackdown on you as a, as a religious minority, a, a minority religious sect might be willing to let you hide out, you know, and uh, you know, in, in their basement for a while, not so much here. Cause you know, if you get your way in Ephesus as a Christian, I'm out of a job, man. And as my my old college roommate Mike Bartram used to used to put it, romance without finance a damn nuisance. Know what I'm saying? You know, the number one cause of divorce in America is, is financial hardship. So there, it, there was there was no part of the community of Ephesus. This is this is two things at once. It is both a this is a very um, high minded theological argument, but a but a but a very commoner impact. There's nowhere you can go in Ephesus if the Christians win out that you will not be impacted. You know where? Because this whole socioeconomic order is going to change. And we have that in our culture right now. Where there is a, we talked about this individual yesterday. Jeremy Grantham at Imperial College is an example of this. The fusion of his paganism with his finance to form essentially one religious hermeneutic. And so he donates 98% of his multi billions to the ending of fossil fuels. Basically the ending of modern American and Western civilization. And that creates think tanks, academic centers, industries, green energy sectors. Now, what does it take? Just those four things I just mentioned, do they run themselves? No, you've got to hire people. So he has created Jeremy Grantham, what I told you about yesterday, make sure you get yesterday's show. Jeremy Grantham has created an economy of scale on the basis of his pagan belief. If if you beat Jeremy Grantham in the arena of ideas, thousands of people are losing their jobs. Can't feed their families. They have to find other work. Jeremy Grantham is not just someone with a different political ideology than you or Tom Steyer or, or Warren Buffett or our, everybody's favorite boogeyman, George Soros, and he's earned that status. They want to create a different socioeconomic order. But to do that, they have to defeat your belief system. That's what Paul was trying to do. That's what Paul had to do. For Christianity to gain a foothold in Ephesus, it was going to mean the entire socioeconomic order had to be uprooted. Because any percentage of people that stopped taking part in the marketing and the commerce surrounding the worship of Artemis and Diana and joined the Christian church instead was taking money out of somebody else's pocket. And so it is to this audience that Paul lays out in chapter six what it means to be a christian soldier and so this is the question that i answered this week in ephesians 6 the apostle paul describes a christian soldier identify the armor of god as provided for us what is the specific function of each piece how can a believer put on each piece every day which piece of armor do you have the least difficulty putting on and why and which piece of armor do you have the most difficulty putting on and why So I I think the, the first answer, or I want to first answer the question, how can a believer put on each piece of armor every day? Because I believe that that sets the stage and provides for the rest of the answers we're about to give. I think the answer to this question lies in what Paul says prior to laying out the armor of God in Ephesians 6. He says we're to stand against the schemes of the devil. This morning I tweeted out, that you should pray for president trump more than you ever have before pray that he gets supernatural levels of wisdom and courage of conviction because what what this country is going through right now came from and he need and he needs those things from above he needs that he needs that wisdom and courage of conviction from above because what's happening to this country came from down below if you catch my drift And here Paul says we are to stand against the schemes of the devil that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Real spiritual warfare. He wants the people of Ephesus, I think, to see that when their neighbor comes at them and says, we got to shut you Christians down. I'm going to lose my job if you get your way. That's individual isn't your real enemy but the spirit of the age that he has bought he or she has bought into that is propelling them to act out that way that is the enemy you may defeat that person politically or socioeconomically, doesn't mean that you got rid of the spirit of the age behind him or her they'll just find another vessel that you've actually got to fight the enemy that you have not the enemy you think you have sort of like the mistake we've made in our foreign policy projecting what we think islam is as opposed to what it actually is and paul is saying something similar here fight the enemy you really have the enemy you really have aren't the people of ephesus they've bought into a scam sure but you did too you were buying into scams too until you joined uh, you got a, you you, you until you, we got you to reverse the jersey and sign up with Team Truth, you were, you were, you were buying into a scam too. The, the, the villain is the scam, not the victim of the scam. The villain is the scam. The scam is the, is the villain. Go after the scam. And here's where the scam comes from. Pit of hell. That's where the scam comes from. The pit of hell. And spiritual enemies require spiritual warfare. And these are the tools it takes to live counterculturally. Now, some of you may resp- respond, well, that's fine. I don't believe in the devil, okay? And you may, you may declare it confidently. I, I confidently declare I don't believe in gravity. The, the truth of, of, of something's existence is not based upon my belief in it. It exists or it doesn't. And then my job is to then believe based on whether it exists or not. My belief doesn't... I'm not God. I don't cause things to come into existence. If you think you have a belief system where your belief in something makes something happen, congratulations. Okay? Then put down the Bible. You really believe in the secret. And Eckhart Tolle and Oprah Winfrey are more your jam. The existence of the devil as a superior, not supreme, but a superior being, superior to us, not spirit of God, but he's superior to us. A superior being of even of evil requires some next level weaponry to confront and defeat. If I didn't believe this, I wouldn't have spent a year of my life writing, publishing and promoting a book called A Nefarious Plot, which is heavily along the lines of what we're talking about here. But from the other side of the street, we do recon on what the other side of the street's spiritual warfare schemes are. What they're thinking down below about us up here above. So it starts off with the belt of truth. Now, what is a belt? A belt is what keeps what you're wearing firmly attached. It kind of holds everything up. Without it, you risk your armor falling apart on you or losing your armor, losing its consistency because it firms everything up as well. As someone, I'm someone that's wired for things to be made plain. I embrace objective absolutes. I've always been this way, even before I'm just, I was made this way. Even before I I was converted, I'd be the guy to go to the coach and just say flat out, why don't I play more? And if I'm not good enough, tell me, and then tell me what I have to get better at. That's just, I was created and molded this way. I don't like... Um, murky I don't like gray I don't like not knowing I think one of the reasons I ruined relationships when I was younger with women is because I definitively wanted to know where things stand I didn't want to be lied to and I, and I could have let her lie to me and let the relationship gone on a little longer and then it would have just ended the way it was going to end anyway until I just point blank ass and then it just ended right then <laughs> All right, I am just wired this way I am fine with the truth, even if it's not what I would prefer to be true. That's actually how I got converted. That one of the ways other than the sovereign act of God is I had to contemplate, is there another worldview that can adequately sufficiently I'm, it doesn't mean I, it doesn't mean I am highly favorable of the answers but can it sufficiently answer the most important questions in life? Why are we here? Why is the world the way that it is? Why are we the way that we are? And what can be done about it? Those are the four four most important questions in all of human existence. Why are we here? Why are we the way we are? Why is the world the way that it is? And what can be done about it? Those are the four, four most important questions of our existence, in my opinion. And the only worldview, the only one, that answers those questions sufficiently. I didn't say favorably. I didn't say easily. I didn't say it was cozy. I didn't say it was warm, fuzzy. But the only one that answers those four questions sufficiently with an argument that stands up to scrutiny on both ends is the biblical worldview. It's the only one. So that's why this is the easiest piece of armor for me to put on. I'm like, this is a sports fan. When I, I used to, I, I used when I used to do message boards. I would drive message board sports fans of on my own favorite teams' websites. I drive them nuts because I just I hate excuses. No, no, no. why would we do that? And why you're do we still suck? doing that to this? I still very do day. that today, which is why you know how bad the officiating was on November twenty eighth, two thousand and sixteen, in Columbus, Ohio. That's still four years later. I won't let it go in all the years you've known me, is that like about the only game you've ever heard me where I've just, I mean, there's been a bad call where I thought that was a bad call, but is that about the only actual game you've heard me blame? Maybe the pass if interference, I, the Lions that against the Cowboys in the Super Bowl a few years ago or didn't oh, get. Oh, no, but that's a yeah. cosmic religious thing. With no, the Lions where get... they're just due. Yeah, yes. They just do to get screwed. Yes. No. The only game you've probably in the 16 years you've known me can think of where I maintain the referees actually cost us the actual game
0: is probably that. I think that's true. And if you had more examples, it would be a dude code violation. You're right. allowed the one. You yeah. are.
1: But, but I am typically the guy that jumps on the message boards to crush everybody who wants to blame the refs, okay? Because I'm more interested in what did you do that ceded control of the game to them in the first place? What mistakes did you make? What did you control? You know, most people are wired to be afraid of the things they cannot control. I am not. I am afraid of the things that I can <laughs> All right, I'm. I am worried about the things I can't. I can control and suck at. If I if I'm not good at something, I'll come to grips with that pretty easily. Actually, you know, um, the breastplate of righteousness. Is, now the, a breastplate is a piece of armor that traditionally guarded the chest to protect the heart. Any kind of wound to the heart can be fatal, so it needed like its own piece of armor specifically for it. Now, the scriptures place a high emphasis on the heart. We are to guard our hearts, we're told in the scriptures. We're admonished that out of the heart, the mouth speaks in the scriptures. Prophet Jeremiah promises a day that God will, quote, replace your heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. Meaning that obedience, God will put his spirit in you so the obedience will be so much easier for the believer. It'll be like an instinct now for us to behave and act in certain ways. Now, speaking of obedience, that's what a breastplate of righteousness signifies. When we live by faith, we live righteously because faith is what leads to righteousnesses, righteousness. And righteousness is one of our most powerful weapons against the schemes of the devil, is obedience. So that's what the breastplate of righteousness is for, the gospel of peace, anxiety, worry. Do we have any of that going on right now? in america a little bit a little bit anxiety worry discontentment those are the enemy's playgrounds once we overcome once we are overcome with these traits we become much more temptable much more temptable we seek self-medications escapes obsessions with worldly distractions that's idolatry um we, we we go to those things to take that worry and anxiety away This is why we as believers need to have faith that even when we don't see it or feel it at any given moment, God is still at work in our lives. At this stage of my life, I will tell you that this is the most difficult piece of armor for me to put on. And like a lot of middle-aged men, I struggle with discontentment. I mean, I I will struggle with, did I miss my moment? Is our show never going to really take off? Are they ever going to make the nefarious movie? And the answer is actually, yes, we are going to make it um, very soon. Okay. But I, you know, we, I waited four years from the time we signed that contract to getting a green light on this last month. These are the kinds, and, and then, then what, then what'll happen is I will let those thoughts just percolate. And then consider doing and thinking really dumb, destructive things. And then, and then either I will succumb to those dumb and destructive things and realizing after doing so how dumb and destructive they are that I'll come to my senses or shortly before succumbing to them, I'll come to my senses and realize do, you realize, do you understand that everything that you were just complaining and whining about is completely and totally irrelevant in the grand scheme of things and doesn't really matter? I thought a week ago, I was gonna really struggle with not having March Madness. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I've taken we've taken vacation during that time my whole career It's it's my all-time favorite sporting event I gotta tell you though. I've I have barely thought about it whatsoever in the last week because we have more pressing matters and I've got talents and gifts that god put me on earth to apply to those matters more so than my love of the NCAA tournament. That doesn't mean that all those years I took time off to watch the NCAA tournament were, were sinful. It, that's, but it, it, we all need rest and escape. God took a day off. God. The, the question is, are, do, the, do these things become obsessions? And do they get in the way of us fulfilling our duties and obligations to our creator and to one another? Do they get in the way of loving the Lord your God while all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor as you love yourself? That's, that is the question. And in the last week, I can tell you, this is an area where I can see the fruit of spiritual maturity. Even a few years ago, uh, this would have just wrecked me not having this to go to. I've barely thought about it in the last week. I've got more pressing things on my mind right now. It'd be, it'd be great to have it, but I, I, it'd be great to have it so that I could take a break from them. In fact, at this point, I am more worried about being obsessed with the more pressing matters. Okay. Uh, I'm having a harder time breaking away from those things. The shield of faith in Paul's day, Roman soldiers were known for wearing shields that were made of tough animal skin. And before going into battle, they would reinforce those shields by dipping them into the water to protect them from any fiery weapons that they might face. And the word of God is life-giving water. Jesus is the word of God incarnate. Thus, believers are to constantly carry the word and the word made flesh into battle with them as protection against enemy fire. When I tweeted out earlier today to pray for President Trump to get, to get courage of conviction and wisdom from above, this is what I meant. He needs a shield of faith right now because he's a man that is double-minded in all of his, unstable in all of his ways and double-minded himself. But he is also surrounded by a lot of people who have worldview confirmation bias. Experts, yes. But where does the line between their expertise, the science end, and the worldview bias and their paranoia panic begin? And it's going to take a man of immense character and integrity or at least a man that's been given that for a moment from above to at one point stand up to this and say, I got to call horsepucky on this. If it comes to that, you want to know that, you want to know what that looks like? What was the Winston Churchill movie a couple of years ago that was up for the Academy Award? Uh, Dark, the darkest, hour? Hour, darkest, the hour. Darkest, darkest hour, darkest hour. Yeah, right. That's what it looks like. That's a guy who's basically a cretin. But for one moment in history, had a very checkered political past. Gave him the prime minister job just because they set him up to fail so they have somebody to blame when they surrendered to to Hitler. But for one moment, rose to the moment of history. Maybe, maybe Maybe that was Providence intervening right there. And his gut told him, the experts are wrong. This is not a force we can negotiate with. And against all the experts, he dug in his heels. And and he saved Western civilization, frankly. He did. If he had not done this, this thing was over long before we even got into the war. He saved it. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Winston Churchill. Donald Trump may need that level of conviction here in the days and weeks to come. The helmet of salvation is we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, meaning salvation is both instant and an eternal sense, but then proceeds from there with a process known as sanctification. And this requires renewing our mind, which is where transformation comes from and begins to take root in the believer. We become different than we used to be. The things we desire change. The things we want to see change. And it helps us, the helmet helps protect our heads to guard our thoughts, just like the breastplate of righteousness protects the heart. And then there's the sword of the spirit. And Paul explicitly tells us that this is the word of God. The sword was the most powerful individual weapon in Roman times. Um, some historic accounts say that Jewish, Jew, Jews were not allowed to own swords because they kept having uprisings against the Roman people or the Roman government. And so when Jesus says to it, if that's true, when Jesus says, when he hands his disciples a sword, that's an act of civil disobedience if that historicity historicity is, is, is correct. Now, when the Romans wanted to keep a people subjected, they would forbid them from having swords. That is a historical fact. In the kingdom of God though, every believer is given this sword and encouraged to wield it with impunity and maximum prejudice against the enemy wield the word of god with don't don't shelve it one of the dumbest things christian leaders did in this last generation is tell christians to get rid of the bible and speak in common language don't ever go to war without your most devastating weapon and there is one undefeated weapon in all of human history and it is the word of god Here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand, here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am worried. We'll get to three non political questions, though, because it's brought to you by our good friends over at RiduZone who want to help you get back on the wagon when it comes to your New Year's resolution to lose weight and eat healthy. Um, and they understand that this is a tough battle. It's a really, really difficult battle. I've waged it myself, so I know it firsthand all right? And dieting alone can help, but can you maintain it after you get those results? That's what makes it hard. That's why a lot of people do fad diets or they've been to Weight Watchers seven times and it worked all seven times. That puts a lot of, a lot of strain on your body though, that constant going up and down. How do you maintain a healthy lifestyle? Yes, you can work out and you should, but there's broader health positives from working out. Than weight loss. And you can't out train a bad diet anyway. And that's where Riduzone comes in. Because for most Americans, it's not what you're eating, but how much. How do you get those portion sizes under control? How do I get those late night cravings that then spoil the fact I was disciplined with my lifestyle all day long? How do you get those under control? Well, Riduzone may be your answer. It's the only FDA accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster, burns stored fat while also reducing your calorie intake. if you want to try Riduzone, you can today for up to 65% off. That's a massive discount. Up to 65% off when you use the promo code Steve on their website. That's the only place you can get Riduzone is on its website. R I D U Z O N E for riduzone.com. R I D U Z O N E for riduzone.com. Let's get to 3 non-political questions
2: Yes, three non-political questions, although honestly, you know, we we haven't really been talking a whole lot about politics uh, this week, have we? Oh, uh, no, public policy, uh, but the back and forth. Uh, You know, a sign of normalcy is what's been happening on, on Twitter today about this OAN reporter. You know, we're back to just... Uh, taken What's this? I don't even shots. know what this is. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. This uh, this reporter for OAN asked uh, Trump if if he thought uh, Chinese food was a racist term. So. So there's that. We're back to getting getting, getting to the real important issues. Well, of life.
1: Oh, isn't, oh, doesn't I mean doesn't that isn't that the network that essentially strives yeah, to was, be Trump's the, network?
2: The reporter was was being facetious, so setting
1: him up. Yeah. Okay, gotcha.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. right. so three non-political questions. Uh, question number one: So fighting dumb with dumb. Yes, exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm, because okay. that's that's never not worked. Uh, if you had to <laughs> transplant yourself into one of the following universes and you couldn't return, which would you choose? Narnia. Star Wars, Middle Earth, or Harry
1: Potter? That's a great question. That's one of the best questions you've ever asked. Well, thank you. Okay. So the Star Wars universe, Narnia. You know what? I'm gonna go or Narnia or the other two were the Harry Potter universe Harry or Potter, Middle already, Earth. Or Middle Earth. Star I think we, Wars. We, well. we we already know your answer. Uh, I'm gonna go with Narnia. And here's why, because I can go back and forth.
0: You think you can? Yeah. It's random though.
1: Yeah, that's, it's, it, but. Frustratingly so. Frustratingly so, I know. See? I I might, I might be on the Dawn Shredder one day and then I, I might be back in, um, yeah. you know, that London wardrobe, uh, the next, I understand that. Okay. But, um, I'll take un- my chances.
0: But that's the uncertainty you hate. Um, I was really surprised. I thought you were going to meet you and me. Were going to have the same answer.
1: I like value added. I like value added more than I dislike uncertainty. So, if you're telling me I can get some of this universe and the mis- and the fantastical universe of Narnia, I'll take my chances because I that, that, that gives me two for one. Right. That's why I. When, when I had my first full-time job. So when I flunk out of college and I go live with my grandmother 25 years ago now, and, I'm, and I get my first full-time job and I get, I, get a, I, get a, I get my first paycheck from the Des Moines Register, which was chicken feed, and my first tax refund. You know what the first purchase I ever made was?
0: You've told me this before, and I'm just A picture-in-picture,
1: a, picture, a 27-inch picture-in-picture yeah, picture TV. Course. Nice. Now I could have I could have afforded a bigger TV than 27 inches. All right? But it wasn't going to be picture in picture. I mean, and I made the decision the ability to watch two games at once was more important than watching one game on an even bigger screen. If I'm always I'm always down for the value added. Always. So I'm going to choose Narnia because I can I can get some of some of uh, the old world with the mystical at the same time. Is
0: picture in picture still a thing. You know, where
1: you do it now is like direct TV lets you do it through like your console, but the way they, they just let you split your screen in half. Mm. If you get YouTube TV, like Aaron does, they've got like that one channel with the five screens or something on it. Right. Can't you really? do that? Oh, that's news to me. Cause I was you just going to say, that? no, I'm pretty I'm... sure YouTube TV, TV offers that. I've heard yeah. people talk no, about I, it. Cause I was
2: just going to say, like I, the I'm Phil Steele trying... setup with yeah. all the screens. I yeah. think they
1: offer that. Oh, Wow. You did You went through a whole football season. You didn't know that. Well, see, we had two. Now TVs. Aaron really wants the coronavirus pandemic yeah. <laughs> to end. <laughs> yeah. No,
2: we had we had two TVs up until December when my old roommate mm-hmm. uh, moved out. So there was not really a huge need. I had no idea. I about thought that. that someone told me because. So, I've been trying to figure out a solution. I, what I
1: I I thought someone told me you could do that on YouTube TV. You could do that. Well, Maybe I'm wrong. Look into this. But on, what you do now with DirecTV is you do it. You don't do it through your TV. You do it through Direct TV, and you can watch two channels at once and just split your TV in half and flip the volume back and forth. So if there's a couple different games on you want to watch at the same time, you flip the whenever those come back, you flip the volume back and forth to the game that you want to hear the sound from. Cool. Yep. Uh,
0: is, I, I'm Middle Earth. It's there's there's organization. I can, I can see who is what. You have I, I, I the lack of predictability was frustrating within the storyline of uh, Narnia. Although I love the Narnia stories. And no one knows what Star Wars, I mean, I have no idea what the Star Wars universe even is anymore. I'm not ga- playing Russian roulette on that level. Not, I'd rather be sitting at the, de- the table in the Deer Hunter with the red bandana. Todd
1: is so broken. I, yes. What he just told you is, I don't want lightsabers. I don't want, I, I don't want, I don't want, uh, I don't want warp drive. I don't want, I don't, I don't want any of that. I'd rather take my chances with the orcs yeah totally. that's what you, that's what Todd just told you, yeah, yeah,
2: I think what you were talking about, your old buddy uh, Mr. Miller, he has YouTube TV and mm-hmm. he he opened up a different browser window for for every oh, screen okay. i think that's well, which they, is a clever solution. that's actually
1: very clever. That, that's yeah. how i'm i'm that's like the most impressive thing my friend I, i've seen my friend john like ever do if that's how we made it happen yeah. just yeah. different browser windows it's, to split his screen up into five yeah different that's,
2: different incognito mode we browsers. should put we
1: should put yeah. him in charge of the coronavirus effort yeah. coming yeah. up for that. that that's awfully clever no, okay
2: no kidding uh mine is harry potter Fo faux yeah,
1: that shizzle. that's um, that was an anticlimactic yeah. answer yep yeah.
2: yeah uh this uh, second question I stole this from Matt Walsh of the daily wire if you no, had I'm to be, really concerned yeah, if you had to be quarantined for a week with three historical figures whom would you choose
1: I would assume no Jesus jukes are allowed because no he, he's, he's bigger yeah. than a, a historical figure right yep yeah. okay um I would take Saint Paul for sure i I mean I just would like to go back and forth man just teach me your ways.
0: Show I mean, me everything. Yes, yes.
1: Yes. Well said. I'd go with that. Um Wow. Um I think I'd go ahead and put Churchill on the list. All right. I'd put Churchill on the list. I'd put uh St. Paul on the list. And um I've got to go, I've got to give American history, right? i got to go team America here on, on, on one of these. Because I only get three, right? Only three. Yeah. Only three. All right. So I went theology. I went broader Western civilization. Uh, I mean, there's other historical figures I could choose. I'm just, from other eras, I'm just not sure if the cultural gap is so wide that, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's picking Charlemagne's brain. I mean, right. you're, you're, you're from a, you're, a, he, that's a conversation out of time, you know? Um, So let me give Americana and I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Thomas Jefferson. Cause I am fascinated how somebody who had some of the most heterodoxical theological beliefs amongst our founding fathers actually had one of the most solid biblical hermeneutical approaches to politics among the founding fathers at the exact same time. That is a conversation I would love to have is that. Can I add now as a, if you told me I could have an interpreter. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Then I would strongly consider Muhammad. Mm. If you told me I could have an interpreter because that's a dude I'd like to add I, I've got a few questions for. Those are my answers.
0: Uh, I would say Lincoln.
1: I thought about him too. He's
0: so much has been written about that guy and he still is, you know, ch- kind of this hard to really pin down chiseled out of even more so than Washington. I mean, I, I, I think li- somehow Lincoln is just endlessly fascinating and who, who really was he? We still seem to not quite be sure uh and then I I'm gonna stick strictly to America, you know the larger than life personalities that you'd really like to see with like Mark Twain, that dude I mean seems like he's he's a story instead of the storyteller uh and I think it would be pretty cool uh to sit down uh with that guy and then. Ooh, do, 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 do. How about um I think General Eisenhower. World War II D-Day planning General Eisenhower. The how wearing the weight of planning something like D-Day hmm. would be fascinating.
2: Yeah, that's good. Uh I would do I do Winston Churchill, the uh the aforementioned Winston Churchill. Then I would do James Madison, and then before that, Leonardo da Vinci. Imagine having uh, myself, during this you know time of, of after a you know a ton of digital uh, development all the way back to Da Vinci with different people in different uh, expertise areas of expertise all the way through that would be an interesting conversation or an awkward one, or an awkward one. Uh, question number three, left to your own devices with no responsibility for anyone other than yourself, what items? Would you hoard during a a national crisis?
1: Left to my own devices. Yes. Which items would I hoard? Yeah. Do I, are, are, are basic necessities available? Like electricity, running water. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, what would I hoard? (sighs) Meaning the three three items I could least go without, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, device chargers. I gotta stay connected to the outside world, so I'd I, w- I would go with device chargers. Make sure I've got plenty of those. Um, anything like a a, a men's soap, shower soap, hair. No, like because we we, we have the things they put like dial does those things. It just we can guys can just clean themselves from head to toe, something like that. Okay, because <clears throat> I I'm just big into I can't no, nah, I got to have that. So I'd go with that to bathe myself. Um, and so we have water, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Um oh, wow. This is a hard question. I got I I can't handle not being bathed. I can't do that. Um that's I it. Can't. I can't.
2: I just can't. So what would if happen I'm, if I'm camping, I can handle not being bathed. That's why I don't camp. Most most of the other times. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it.
0: Okay. Well, what does what does can't mean? If the national, forget national crisis could mean the water is shut off. Well, this is that's why, why I asked, a real national that, crisis. Well, that's why
1: I asked him about what defined crisis. An
2: American crisis.
1: Okay, if yeah. it's if it if everything's off, I'm taking water. You know the the basic necessities of life. If it's something like right now, and I could I would hoard chargers. uh, Something to just I- even get in a shower head to toe and wash myself with, you know. um, and um <sighs> uh, my favorite protein, my favorite uh, protein drink, I'd go with that.
0: <laughs> is, what, oh, uh, is... what first world nonsense was just garbled? I tried to come up with something that would that would serve multiple uses,
1: okay? I'd need to drink something else with a different flavor, and I need the protein. So I'm gonna go with those three things.
0: Todd? Uh bullets, cans of beans, and a book I'd want to read over and over and over again.
1: That's so really good. Dude, he you just told what is this word? The buffalo Rome? Yeah. Okay. Nice. No, that's that's very a well can done. of beans. A can of beans. Yeah. I uh,
2: I think for me, uh I would hoard all of the like pork shoulders and uh, maybe maybe uh, brisket that I could I'm and just brisket. smoke smoke it all uh, on the smoker the, the the meat smoker. I don't smoke meat. I I don't I, I don't think it's a good idea to to smoke meat. But anyway, okay, I would smoke hold all of that meat. Okay.
0: Hoard <laughs> the brisket.
1: Smoke I smoke th- all of the meat. I've never been more glad Pete Buttigieg is no longer running for president <laughs> than I have than I was during whatever that hell that was. You were just trying to say, thank you, because that was one stumbling vat of double entendres. What else?
2: Uh, that's it. I would okay. just do all the meat and then go over to Todd's place. We'd crack open some uh, cans of beans. He's got the protection from from all the bullets in the gun, you know.
1: Aaron showing all the self awareness you know? of those uh, Hollywood stars singing Imagine. Yeah. here for the last few minutes. Yeah, indeed. maybe
2: uh, maybe he he and I could read the book over a over an open fire or something.
1: Let's get out of here. We've I think we've put the audience through enough. We'll be back at it again tomorrow right here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Until then, John three seventeen.